listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Tuesday afternoon. Let's welcome back to the program Andrew Dembina, our wonderful food and drink reporter. Andrew, it's great to have you back on the program today, and it's certainly a special show because we have someone extra special with us. So over to you, and you can、uh, do the intros. Okay, well, for anyone who's、uh, listening and watching simultaneously on Facebook on Noreen Mir's Radio Three page, we we have with us today、uh, Fuchsia Dunlop,、uh, a、uh, an esteemed writer and uh, cook uh, of、uh, of Chinese food. Six、uh, books to your title there, Fuchsia. Welcome to the One Two Three Show. Hi. Yeah. Hi. So、um, you're you're going to be taking part. We'll go straight to、uh, one of the reasons that we're speaking to you. Noreen on her show has had a, a number of people who are taking part in the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, and this coming Friday、um, you'll be on a、uh, panel discussion on Friday, 9:30 p.m. Hong Kong time. That's for the benefit of the、uh, of the listener. And、um, there'll be a live、uh, broadcast on a big screen at Tai Kuan in Central District, but it can also be watched online,、um, going to the,、uh, the Hong Kong Literary Festival、uh, webpage, which I'll give you at the end of this、uh, interview. And、um, you're going to be talking、uh, loosely about、uh, a theme of banqueting and drinking. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Right, right. Well, I mean,、um, the, the the theme is going to reflect, no doubt, on、uh, some of the、uh, specific culinary areas of China that you've、uh, focused on yourself over the last about two decades. And、um, the most recent book published last year was、uh, the Food of Sichuan,、um, which was、um, actually、uh, taking you full circle in a way, wasn't it? Because you started off. About twenty years or so ago, studying、um, Sichuanese food in Chengdu in China. So、um, it's it, it seems to be a, a passion、um, as as fiery as the food itself that's、uh, been kept kept alive. What is it about Sichuanese food? Sure, you've been asked these many times, but really, to have released a book twenty years after studying there, it's not your first publication on that region. What is it that just keeps the、uh, the fire burning for you on, with Sichuan food? Well, I suppose it's my first love in terms of Chinese cuisine, and it's what got me into the whole subject. And I spent so many happy years researching Sichuanese food, and of course, it is just one of the most exciting Chinese cuisines. And that's one of the reasons that it's become popular globally in the last decade、yeah. or so. It's、yeah. just full of scintillating flavors, and it really, you know, using Sichuanese flavoring techniques can bring life to whatever ingredients you have to hand, which is one of the reasons that it travels so well. And I suppose that,、um, you know, the first edition of my book was published in two thousand and one, but in the last nearly twenty years, I have. Kept up my relationship with Sichuan. I've kept on researching the food, and so I just felt that when I produced that book, it was a bit of an outlier. That my proposal was initially rejected by six publishers for being too niche and too narrow. Oh, really?、Uh, it was at a time when there were really very few Sichuanese restaurants abroad, and the the sort of seasoning、yeah. ingredients were quite hard to find. 
And I just felt that the world has really caught up with Sichuanese food. There's a huge appetite for more information about sort of, you know, more regional dishes and going deeper into it. Mm. And so that was one of the motivations. And the other is just that I know more about it now and I've yeah. gone on discovering new dishes and mm. things. So I just thought it would be nice to do a bit also with the beautiful photographs by Yuki Sugura, which sort of okay. help people to recreate the dishes at home. <laughs> Right, and and how 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 different is it uh, content-wise? It's a revised uh, ed edition that you've revisited 15 years or so after the original ed edition, uh, slightly more. Um, uh, I mean, have you have you kept all of the original recipes and added more? Did you get rid of some? Uh, how how much of a of a different uh, entity is it? <laughs> well, there are at least 70 completely new recipes. So practically a new book, yeah. Um, so particularly, um, you know, I did some explorations of southern Sichuan, which has the most gorgeous cooking traditions, um, and also just keeping it up to date. So there are some dishes which have become very fashionable and popular in the last sort yeah. of 15 or 20 years, which I wanted to include. Um, yeah. I did drop one or two just to streamline it. So there were a few mm -hmm. recipes where I felt there was repetition of, of the method, right. you know, several similar ones. So I did that, and also... Um, I retested every recipe in the book. So things like even my favorite recipes, like the Gongbao chicken, I revisited yeah. and sort of, I think that the new recipe is even better. So ah, honing, fine-tuning those recipes. reshaped. Yeah, Fuchsia, yeah. Um, you know, people have this stereotype that Western people can't, can't take such spicy food. Now, I'm not sure where this stereotype comes from because a lot of the Westerners I know can really eat really spicy food. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I suppose, firstly, I mean, in Britain, for example, we have a long history of relationship with Indian food, which is spicy. Yes. So, and I think that spicy food has just become almost universally popular, um, increasingly, particularly with young people, but all over the world. Um, and the other thing is that I'm really keen to always combat this stereotype that Sichuanese food is all about heat and spice. Yeah. Because, yeah. of course, you know, the, the famous mala, numbing and hot flavour. Yeah, the numbing one. But actually, you know, particularly the food of Chengdu, which is where I lived and have spent most time, it's just, it's not a sort of sledgehammer chili attack at all. It's a very supple and varied cuisine. So no Sichuanese meal is complete, really, without a light soup, without some sort of delicate, um, you know, stir-fried vegetables. And also many of the, the most famous dishes, like gongbao chicken, for example, you have a bit of scorched chili heat, a bit of Sichuan pepper, but it's not overwhelming. And you also have these sweet and sour and savory flavors. So I think that, and Sichuanese chefs are always keen to sort of stress this, that Sichuanese food is about variety. It's each dish has its own style. A hundred dishes have a hundred flavors. And that's really the heart and soul of Sichuanese cuisine, not fiery heat. Do people yeah, yeah. do people sort of um, find it difficult to cook um, Sichuanese food overseas because of the ingredients, because of the availability of the ingredients, that the sources? Um, how do you find authentic sources and ingredients for these dishes? Well, I mean, that's something that's changed dramatically in the last, you know, two decades since the book was the first edition was published. So. The fact is that um, there is a whole new generation of Chinese people living abroad in Western cities and even smaller towns. And Chinese people want to eat Sichuanese food. So you've got this market for authentic Sichuanese flavors. And that has 
really forced all the food businesses, many of them actually Cantonese run, but to catch up with Sichuanese flavorings. So um, now I can go into Chinatown or even my local Chinese supermarket in East London and I can find almost all the basic seasonings, including often, you know, proper PCN, Doubanjang, the chili bean paste, which is so important. And um, oh, right. so I would say, and, and the slightly more tricky ingredients like Yibin Ya Tai, this lovely crinkly, sweet, salty pickle, which is a key ingredient in dandan noodles and dry fried green beans. Like when I wrote the first edition, you could not buy that in Britain, but now you can buy it in some Chinese supermarkets. And of course, online, all these things are available. So I think that, um, you know, you actually, to cook Sichuanese food, I mean, of course, if you go to Sichuan, there's a whole range of amazing, fresh local ingredients. But the core seasonings to, to do many of the classic dishes are now widely available. So it's fine, really. But to, to, be, to be fair, Fuchsia, you have taken on some other regions too, even though you have come full circle at this point to, to Sichuan. You've also focused on um, Hunan province. And in the uh, Jiangnan vicinity, that's the lower Yangtze region. How have you selected the regions that you've uh, taken a kind of a, a research and uh, write-up approach to? Well, when I turned my attentions to Hunan, that was after I'd published the Sichuan book, and I just, that was another cuisine which was sort of famous and popular in China and had this spicy reputation, but was... Yeah really poorly represented abroad and in the English language world. And so that's why I thought I would go and investigate that. And also I was very interested in the links between food and sort of revolutionary history of the 20th century. So I tried to bind those themes together and it was called Revolutionary Chinese Cookbook Recipes from Hunan Province. And with the Jiangnan region, including Shanghai, yeah. Hangzhou, Yangzhou, Suzhou, these, these wonderful food centers mm. of China, with that, I suppose I was just gradually seduced. And yeah. I traveled to places like Hangzhou um, yeah. and was just um, so taken with the, the delicate cuisine and not just that, but the very rich and ancient gastronomic culture, because you can really yeah. argue that the Jiangnan region is the, the sort of center of Chinese gastronomy, of food yeah. literature, of gourmet culture, and of this. And, and the other thing that really struck me is that all these values that people associate with, say, modern Californian cuisine or European cuisine, like terroir, provenance, seasonality, yeah. These are ancient values in China. The Chinese have been doing these for longer than anyone else. And so yeah. I really wanted to showcase this very um, complex and sophisticated cuisine that actually mm. there's so little about it in the English language. And often people, you know, outsiders often have a very narrow and dismissive stereotype of Shanghainese food, which is just yeah. one part of it. And I wanted to show just how beautiful and wonderful it is and how it's a key also to not only appreciating Chinese food at a deeper level, but also it's a way into Chinese culture because it relates to literature and aesthetics and everything else. So generally when you're writing uh, um, uh, on any region, is that always part of what's, what, what you have in mind, integrating it into the culture? Or um, I mean, what, I think although one of your one of your titles was more of an anecdotal um, title on the uh, experiences during your uh, during your travels around, wasn't it? 
which um... yeah, so I did this food memoir, Shark's Fin and Sichuan Pepper, which actually yeah. is now translated into Chinese for the mainland. There was a Hong Kong edition some time ago. Um, so that was more, you know, that was all the things that it was hard to talk about in a recipe book, like this, the experience of being yeah. you know, a foreigner in China, learning about Chinese food. Um, but yes, I think that um, I think that Chinese, I mean, Chinese food is not only delicious and varied, but it also is is a key to understanding Chinese culture and Chinese thought and all these other aspects. So very much, yes, I try to write about it in yeah. its context. And I want people through food, not just to like eating Chinese food, but just to sort of get more about about Chinese culture because it's yeah. such a, you know, it is, the as far as I'm concerned, the best winter. <laughs> right. Right. So do you have do you have your heart set on any other regions uh, of the country when things get back to normal travel wise to be uh, to be further researching or are you in the middle of anything for another region of China? Well, I mean, I, I have currently a queue of about five books that I'm working on with various. I mean, there's so much to write about. And I have to say that and this this is really testament to the extraordinary variety and diversity of Chinese cuisine. But after 20 years, I am still, um, you know, traveling to places I haven't been before and being amazed by whole new culinary traditions and so on. So I really feel and it's just it, it's so weird that Chinese food is is so popular all over the world and yet so underestimated. Like there's well. very little information in English really about about sort of Chinese gastronomy and thought and regional cuisines relative to its size and scope. So yeah. I'm I'm very inspired more than even than I was before. It's so nice huh. to hear so much appreciation for Chinese food because I suppose growing up with it, I almost take it for granted. But it's true; it comes in so many different varieties. You can steam, you can deep fry, you can braise, and they're just you know the same ingredient. You can do all sorts of things with it. Do you have a, a firm favorite then, Fuchsia? A favorite dish or a fa yeah a fra <laughs> favorite region? Sichuan, perhaps. <laughs> You know, I find it so hard to say. I mean, I will always have a sort of particular love and affection for Chengdu and Sichuan because it's yeah. I have so many friends there and it's just I, I really had some of the best times of my life there. And so my my sort of favorite Sichuanese dish probably is still Yu Xiangqiezi, fish fragrant eggplant or aubergine. Oh, yeah. Because it's just utterly delicious and That's it really andrew's top dish oh my it's amazing yeah that, but, that, but 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 my mine is the kind of cantoneseified version <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, that, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that dish yeah. and i think the thing about that dish that's so great is that it's a really you know, it's a humble everyday dish just made with a vegetable. It's not prestigious, and yet mm. it's more delicious than practically anything you eat. So there's that one. And then other than that, you know, the whole, the Jiangnan region, that has been my education in, mm. you know, in Chinese gastronomy at a very a sort of deeper level. I and I have just, any of I was that. reading some of my I was reading some of my notebooks yesterday, actually, about a, a lot of time that I spent kind of years going back to Hangzhou and particularly the Dragonwell Manor restaurant, which sort of opened my eyes and just like, 
you know, it, I just found it quite moving to how much I had learned about Chinese gastronomic history and thought and the discernment. And of course, you'll know all about this in Hong Kong also, because the discernment with which you know, Cantonese people in Hong Kong eat, you know, the minute yeah. appreciation of texture and yeah. cooking method is just unparalleled elsewhere. Yeah. So, but yeah. so the Jiangnan region has been my way into that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Got to ask, got, got to ask though, uh, we might be running out of time. I'm not sure. Um, but, but I want to check, um, is Southern China on the, uh, on the to-do list for, uh, I mean, I mean, Guangdong, uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this, it is among others. There's a sort of jostling queue of places that yeah. I want to write about. But I, it, right. it's like it's become a sort of lifelong project, really. So I just, yeah. you know, I'm traveling all the time and collecting information and then hopefully they'll coalesce into books in some yeah. coherent yeah. order. Oh, Fuchsia, <laughs> we, uh, we welcome you with open arms. Once the whole restrictions lift, we really would love to take you around Hong Kong. Andrew knows all yeah. the great places. We can take you to, to the under the bridge, to the chili crabs and Temple Street Market um, hot pot. Yeah. So. I'm, dying to, go, I'm <laughs> dying to go back. I was planning to go to Hong Kong in the spring this year and, of course, couldn't oh, really? do that. And I'm missing China and Chinese food and the Hong Kong and everything so much. Yeah. Um, well, we hope that things uh, return to uh, to normal for everyone for all sorts of reasons, including uh, your 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 continuation of travelling around mainland China and to come to Hong Kong. Um, it's um it, it's uh, it's something which uh, seems to have really uh, got got sort of under your skin or into your spirit. I suppose you'll never have any time, or do you also have plans to? to ever investigate the, uh, you know, the culinary re repertoire of anywhere other than China? Well, about, um, I don't know, five or six years ago, I decided it was completely ridiculous. Like I'd spent nearly 20 years on yeah. Chinese food and I hadn't been anywhere else in Asia. So I'd only been in, you know, the Sinosphere. So, you know, the Chinese speaking yeah. countries, including Singapore, actually, but that was the, I hadn't been anywhere else. So in those last sort of six years or so, I have started, I have been to Thailand and to Malaysia and to Japan, which has all been fascinating. Yeah. And so I, I think in a sense, it's helped me understand uh, some aspects of Chinese food and, and the relationship and influence of Chinese food abroad. But I think that Chinese food is going to occupy me as long as I have energy to write. So I can't yeah. see myself writing about anything else. Yeah. No, there's, there's, there are still a lot of regions, aren't there, that you probably haven't really uh, yeah, managed yeah, to... Not, not only to... regions, but yeah. I'm, I'm just learning all the time. And it's almost the yeah. subject gets bigger and more interesting the more I learn about it. Like it's not something you can ever master, Chinese cuisine. Yeah. Right. right. Okay, well... Um, I don't know, um, Noreen, I, I, I sort of uh, have to ask, are we coming near to the time here? I'm afraid so. So let's give out the events, how our listeners can learn more about yeah. Fuchsia's work. Fuchsia, have you got a website and are you on social media as well? Oh, yes, I'm pretty active on Instagram. So that's just at Fuchsia Dunlop and um, on also Twitter. And my website is a bit, in, in, I'm in the process of revamping it, but Instagram is the place to find me at the moment. Excellent. And okay. Andrew, can we have some more details okay, yeah. about Fuchsia's event on Friday? Exactly. Yeah. Just a recap then. It's called Banquets and Baiju, uh, Eaten and Drunk in China. And that's going to be happening in the auditorium at Taekwun in Central, as well as online through www.festival.org.hk.
ticketflap.hk and both of those are ticketed events so go to ticketflap.com to uh, to make your reservation excellent and follow fuchsia on instagram she's very active there thank you so much for your time this afternoon fuchsia and we look forward thanks. to meeting you maybe one day in hong kong <laughs> thank you so much yeah. thanks very yeah, much fuchsia, fuchsia, thanks so thanks thanks a lot yeah thanks, and uh, Andrew. good yeah. luck with uh, with, your, with all of you the research that's ongoing